Yeah, I, I always have this theory with AJW is the fact that their stuff always looked better produced than any other wrestling companies. AJPW, New Japan, AJW's always looked amazing. They they were really ahead of the curve on the production. They were the first two, first crew to do two, two hard cameras so you could get the back and the front. They were always followed. They had uh, four, man res- four man and women wrestling commentary teams sometimes. Um, they really kind of went out of their way to do a different style of production and to yeah. really emphasize these incredibly athletic women that they had to showcase. So the production values were always really, really high for me. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think a lot of that came to do with the fact they've got Sony in their backyard. That would make sense. Like, when I was initially watching it, it doesn't look like so. Because, I, look, I still have a bunch of VHS tapes. Um, yeah. And I can assure you, they're not in this good quality. Um, you know, so when it was there, I was like, wow, this looks like it was. It doesn't really look like it was from the 90s. No, no. It, it, it looks like, well, in some ways it does, and in other ways it doesn't. The actual, like, the opening thing where they're just interviewing them, that looks like it could have been done in 2005. So it looks about yeah. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years ahead of its time but the actual like presentation of the show itself it could be better uh i'll be honest with you but it, it's fun it's fun yeah so the show the, the show opens from the videotape and they're actually doing presentation interviews you've got a kyoko in a way being interviewed with ball meccano um and you've got a lot of the older wrestlers are being interviewed for fans and things like that and then um you go through to the show, you see the girls arriving at the... I say girls, these, these are women, obviously. These are women arriving at the arena. And then you have the opening ceremony for the show, which was a very AJW tradition. They're at Budokan Hall. So they're at the, the big venue. And obviously this year, there's been a lot more going on at Budokan Hall as far as wrestling's concerned. The trend started with New Japan about two years ago. They started going back to Budokan for the G1 final. They, there was a kind of realization that the sh- wrestling was big enough to go back to Budokan on a regular basis. Budokan's a 14,000 seat stadium. You need a crowd to fill that arena. You can't just like hope to make money and put 5,000 in it and on a short night and get away with it. But Budokan hasn't really been used seriously for about 15 years since the Japanese downturn in business. And then, of course, Stardom did a show at Budokan. Uh, Noah have done a show at Budokan. Um, so it's starting to be the place again. So I thought it was interesting if we go back to the absolute heyday of Japanese wrestling in the 1990s, Budokan as a venue is obviously very historic, and this venue is just so great for pro wrestling, I think. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of like, well, I always thought of it as like the Madison Square Gardens of like yeah. Japanese wrestling, so it's weird that it kind of had that bit of a dip. But I think it's a cool venue. It looks great. Like, as I said, you know, one of the things I'll say, and I'll probably bring it up at certain points, um, a WWE editor here, and I know that's blasphemy for some people, but a WWE editor would have been good for this. You know all the stuff that's at the beginning of the show? Yeah. Um, like the, them arrive and doing interviews and stuff like that. That would have been cooler sprinkled throughout the show rather than being a one big block. That If I was editing this show, that's what I would have done. I would have taken all that stuff and put it throughout the show. Where it's like, oh, and later earlier on in the day we had such and such talking about such and such, and then they go off. Yeah, and yeah. You know, yeah. It just, you know, maybe that's just my my Western um, viewpoint on things. But it'd be interesting. Is this a common way that they do things, James, or is yeah, it? Yeah, like... yeah. The, there was obviously a limited amount of production crews. The uh, 
AJW had uh, a TV show and they had like the the standard production crew for that. But when they were doing shows like this and it was just their VHS production, if you look at FMW, their shows look very similar. They'll start with people buying tickets, going out into the crowd and and catching up with the wrestlers before the show, before they get to the meat of the show on their work. And what FMW used to do, like a long format version, which was all of the stuff and the wrestling show. And then you do a short format version, which was just the matches. So you could have a choice by the way of doing it, and obviously more expensive than the other one. Were they live um, already? Were, were they done live already, pre-taped and then packaged out? Uh, the AJW was a live show, I think, and it was basically a, a house show crowd that just maybe no, it would have been taped. Thinking about it, they would right. do a house show crowd during the week and then tape it and then put it on TV, or it'd be highlights from the previous week's matches as they went as they went later on in their career and stuff. Yeah, it's just interesting. It was one of the main things I was thinking of as they were doing it because you know it's just it's just the way I you know process. The first thing I see when mm. I look at a wrestling show usually is I look at it as a television product. First things first, you know, and the actual yeah. meat and potatoes of it looks great. The entrance could be a bit more exciting, but yeah, you know, <laughs> as, far as, as far as the actual like, I love the way the ring is done. Um, I you know we'll get into when they start like going around it looks great the overall presentation of it's fun the 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 camera angles are unreal that the stage really does look 90s that's the thing that dates it most but other than that um yeah i guess let's start with this um opening ceremony thing because i've never seen something like this before with, yeah again, you know what i feel really stupid because again all the women <laughs> showed up should have actually said it to me. it should have actually been you know i was just thinking i was like oh look at them there they're having a great time you know but yeah a whole lot of women on this show. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, the first match that happened, uh, you know, obviously, it, there's no English commentary, and my Japanese isn't that good. I'm a weeb, but I'm not that much of a weeb. You know, I was just like, they don't, you know, watch the first match, and you, you my my confusion would be, you know, justified. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, and then by the time it gets to like halfway through show, you're like, okay, fair enough, you know. <laughs> well yeah so the, this opening this opening segment uh, is kind of AJW standard fare I think the first company to do it really was I mean AJW have been doing it since the late 80s and I think they were highly influenced by UWF Nobuyuki Takada's promotion not Nobuyuki Takada's Akira Maeda's promotion um, they used to do it a lot of the shoot companies did it because it made them look serious it made them look like a sporting event this is different from professional wrestling and AJW which is obviously a very much about female pride. Oh, Ekaja Kong's just come out. She looks like she's going to murder somebody. Um, yeah, she the because it's about a lot to do with sisterhood and female pride. I think there's kind of like a an ur towards these performers, like giving themselves a a certain amount of prestige by doing this to begin with. If that makes sense. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, it, it does kind of it feels it feels unique. It kind of gives that show an extra an extra oomph, you know. Yeah, for, for yeah. what it is, and I, like whenever you'd see something like this uh, in a, in a Western concept, uh, context, it would always be for like a big event. So we saw it at WrestleMania, where they all came out on the on the stage and gave the yeah. speech and stuff. So yeah, it's cool. I think it's a cool thing to do, you know. And and if it is a thing that they that they do for their bigger shows, it really does. Um, it's really, it's really, yeah, it's really got to put an extra oomph into it. So I think it's great. Yeah, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport do it. That's the only company I know of that do it at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they uh, they they start the show with each each fighter like lines up in the same way as they stand each side of the ring. So yeah, um, and it gives you a minute to 
have some heads up intensity action like um and it was really weird watching john moxley do it when he wrestled barnett last time and it's like you're watching moxley and barnett and you're thinking that's like the biggest name in wrestling outside of the wwe probably mm. yeah it's just it's just on an indie show to go head to head with this old man <laughs> as much as josh is lovely but he is a he's a 50 year old guy who just likes beating people up for a living that's what josh is that was a good and match yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, and it's like, but that's really you kind of get this. John Moxley's there; it's important. Um, yeah, but then that, John, but then John Max, John Moxley is the same guy who will roll around on barbed wire for no reason. Yeah, he there. is. So, yeah, got <laughs> my millionaire. Well, let's let's just you know roll around on barbed wire for twenty minutes. Okay, but won't put his own Christmas decorations up because that's dangerous. Fair. Well, I suppose it you know swings around. <laughs> <laughs> That's because, yeah, that's actually a true story. Chelsea told me this. She actually will not put his own Christmas decorations up. They get somebody in to do that because if he falls off a ladder, they won't be covered for insurance. If he does it at work, he's covered in insurance. Oh, that's fair. You know, I, I, that, that's yeah. why you should always poop when you're on the clock when you're working, guys. Yes, this is true. Yeah. yeah. Always anyway. get paid. Always get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Unless your toilet is too close to the boss's office. Yeah, then, then maybe don't. Then maybe don't. Shall we move on to this opening match? Yes, this confused me greatly. Okay, what were your confusion about this opening match, Darren? Well, remember again, I didn't realise that this was mainly a female promotion. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> you know, it, it just was very confusing. Good match, though, but it, it didn't help my... Uh, yeah, it, it didn't right. help my... Yeah. So you've watched New Japan, you've watched a bit of Old Japan, you've watched a bit of Noah, you understand the principle of the opening match usually goes to the young wrestlers who don't know what they're doing quite so well? Yeah, it, it's like th- this was the like it wasn't a it wasn't a great match, but it was very high flying and fast fast pace. You know, it was a lot of movement. And what's cool about it is, it's like these are the kind of matches that I like. Should we talked about um, the NXT show this week yeah. on the rewind, and it's the same kind of thing. I think these are the best ways to start these shows: get everybody yeah. up, get everybody hyped, and then you know you can slow it down. But it's always good to have the younger wrestlers in doing interesting things. And I do have to say, like, they might not have known what exactly what they were doing, but the, the tag team wrestling that was on display here was very, very good. To yes. be fair, it was very, very good. This is Misa Watanabe in Nobuendo. They defeated Yoshiko Tamura and Yuka Shinma in 8 minutes and 24 seconds. And it is like the classic Joshi, Here Come the Rookies. And it's the thing of... This is a really big match. So to be on this card, you've got to be good, even as a rookie. You're like the top level of your class in the dojo. And this may be the shop window that you have. You can't make any mistakes. Mm. Go. And they do. And that's it. You've got eight minutes. They're going to win. Chuck in the kitchen sink. Do everything you possibly can to get over. Because the people in this audience, if they like you, you are set for your life. And that's basically is. It's a bit of a pressure cooker match they had to deliver. Um, that's the kind of fascinate, hor- horribly fascinating thing about Josh. It's the fact that the gap from the bottom to the top is awfully big, and there's an awful lot of people in this era that want it. So these matches are incredibly important, even though they seem not meaningless, but they don't seem to mean anything because there's no storyline to them. They're just a bunch of kids having a wrestling match. But, you know, if the fans click on to one of these people, that's awesome. And as I said, you know, it, the only thing that I like is it is it the case with these matches as well that the the competitors in said match aren't really um, 
well defined yet. They're literally just starting off from the dojo. Like they haven't really got any uh, defined features. They haven't really got anything to set themselves apart. They're literally just out of the dojo. Go in. You're the best that we have. Go and put on a showcase. Is that it? That's basically it. Okay. It's not quite. It's not quite as bad as New Japan's. Um, like New Japan, it's black boots, black tights, shave your head at the start of the dojo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I have seen that. That's far yes. worse. Yeah, yeah, that's, far that, worse, that's yeah. it's a bit. I mean, I like the tradition and everything, but the New Japan dojo of down the years wasn't known for its like inclusive <laughs> um, uh, yeah, objection. Like, look, as I, I, you know, I, I think you know the, the presentation of the women in this in in this match it explains a lot, a lot, but it's yeah. also like. I can't remember you because you look the same. Like three of the girls look the same, and I didn't yeah. know they were girls until after. And the one that looks <laughs> like is the one in the pink because she's wearing pink. It's like, oh, there you go. Okay, I remember you. You're pink girl. You know, <laughs> not not the best way I would go about uh, presenting people who are supposed to be memorable to get over in a sport. In a sorry, it's not a sport. In an entertainment media that is all about <laughs> getting over. You know. Yes, I completely agree with you on that sense. However, um, they, they, it, it's kind of like in a level playing field in the same yeah, sense I get that of, too. I get you know, that too, yeah. you all got generic swimsuits to wear and uh, shoot shoes and there you go. And that's yeah. it. And it makes sense. There is, there is actually a high standard of technical wrestling. If there's more maneuvers in this than you'll see in any match on Monday Night Raw. Oh, However... stop that, dude. That, that. <laughs> Monday Night Raw is torture in some countries, right? <laughs> that, that's not a high bar um, at all. The reason why we don't cover it. But I would say even NXT, where would be kind of, you know, a fair comparison between like the yeah. developmental brand. This is a very, very, very technical match. Oh yeah, yeah. If this you was know, on Raw, sorry, if this would not be a miracle. If this was on NXT, <laughs> people would be like, "This is match of the year" kind of thing, you know. So it is a yeah. very, very good way to open it, and it should get credit. It's just a shame that I don't remember them because there's nothing to remember except for Pink Girl, you know. Yes, yes, and obviously they've spent more money on her uh, costume because the other three are wearing generic swimsuits and leotards. Because literally, yeah. literally, yeah, literally, literally, yeah. yeah. Um, but. It, somebody's got a, a Boston crab on them. I'm watching this show as we go, so I can put some highlights <laughs> as well. But somebody's got like a Boston crab on the minute and the poor girl who's in that Boston crab is tying in knots and is genuinely hurt. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Like, the, they're the pulling everything up snug. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, there's uh, there's no John Cena STFUs here. There's no space. Oh, no, it's no. all tight. You know? Yeah, no, it, it, it's as snug as it comes. It's a yeah. bit stiff in places for rookies, to be honest with you. But... That's that's the deal, you know. It is just like there. It is. It's a fifty-fifty match, and is it, it's kind of just one. It is. It does what it says on the tin, really. It's the end it's, is kind of flat, though. Yeah, the there's a couple kind of, of flat endings on this on this card. Oh, one that's, that's what really I was going to say to you. That's what I was going to say to you. Yeah, there's a match a little bit later on. That's a great match, and then it just ends. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I I actually I actually did some research and found out about that. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, cool. So I'll, I'll explain that later, but we'll get to that match in a bit. I think I know the one you mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is it is the the thing is they've got no defined finishes yet. Everyone else is and the card as you go through the card have developed a finisher. A lot of them invented finishes. Um, in fact, you know you've got Sukumita on this card is one of the most in, innovative wrestlers of all time. But 
for rookies, it's still like, well, how do you finish the match? Well, it's going to be flying crossbody or uh, a Boston Crab or something basic, which does mean that you kind of get, um... <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, you know, you would expect some kind of kick or yeah, something to end it. And it's just like, oh, it ends. Or like, at least it isn't roll ups, you know, which would be far worse. But still, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it's kind of it's kind of flat, you know. Yeah. But... Good match, though. Good match. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Absolutely. Um, the next match um, involves, um, let's see here, Mini Tiger Jeet Singh, and he defeated Little Nakimaki in 11 minutes and 42 seconds. Now, here's the thing. There is, there is a bit of a history lesson here for you. Back in the day, um, obviously, the women were considered a special attraction. And when Mildred Burke fell out with the NWA and created the Worldwide Women's, sorry, World Women's Wrestling Association in the 1960s, a lot of the midgets went to that promotion because they thought they'd be better looked after than with the NWA. This explains um, why they're on the card with the women. Like yes. Motion. Oh, okay. And the WWWA, uh, the rights to those championships was bought by All Japan Professional Wrestling Women, and they kept the association with midgets because they didn't really fit in with modern wrestling in any other company. And they always had a couple of wrestlers that were kind of talented and wanted to, to show off their wares. Uh, and at some points, AJW actually ran entirely midget-orientated cards at Currican Hall. Even in the 1990s, they did an entire deathmatch uh, night at Currican Hall. So, uh, I have, so I have some questions. Again, this didn't help my, um, my confusion. No, uh, no, it, I it, can it, understand it, that. It just made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, okay, so this is booked as a death match, but obviously, or exploding death match, obviously it's a comedy match, though. So. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of comedy things happening. The ring it's... isn't barbed wired. Uh, no. There aren't any exposed. But then again, even in the no. the most recent exploding barbed wire death match, the it, ring didn't explode. It, it, no, it's not Atsushi Anita versus Terry Funk, let's be honest. Yeah, it, it's just like they, they roll around the thumbtacks a little bit and everyone has a good time as much yes. as you can with thumbtacks. Um, um, but yeah. I, I, I Well... Basically, yes, it is kind of a um, a parody of the IWA King of Deathmatches tournament, which won by, of course, the legendary Mick Foley at Kawasaki Baseball Stadium, yes, um, which happened about a year or so before, and featured yes, indeed Tiger Jeet Singh in the opening rounds. And let's be honest, anyone who makes fun of Tiger Jeet Singh is well worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I, I didn't, I was just confused watching this whole thing. Uh, but I suppose, like, look, there's a marker for it. Obviously, there was a marker for it. Um, it. It's cool that they had that little bit of history with, you know, in the women's promotion and as a special attraction. Um, wouldn't expect to see this on Raw or AEW or Impact or, <laughs> or, or any of those places. Well, but, I mean, having yeah. said that, all of those promotions have featured midget wrestlers in the past. They have. They have. But they have. It, but, uh, didn't, TNA, didn't TNA have an extreme midget at one point? I think so, but the best one, the best match I can think about was the WLC match, which actually, to be fair, is phenomenal. So you know you can actually do it. <laughs> you can actually do it. It's just um, you know, this one without context, context would have been would have been yes. better for it. You know, it, it, it's 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 uh, let's be honest, it's not great. It's not, it's not a great wrestling match. It's it's, it's a it, I, I think you know wrestling comedy is often a hard 
fine to tread. I, uh, and by gum, did they fall off this quite a few times? Look, it, it it's not the most painful thing I've ever seen involving uh, midget wrestlers. Um, WWE takes that cake every day of the week, every minute <laughs> of the day. But you know, it's just I, I think they could have done more with it. Um, you know, if if you're gonna book something as a death match, at least have like a parody of an explosion thing. Like if they if they had had actually, right, fantasy booking here in time travel of fancy booking <laughs> if they did have sparklers going off at the end of the match that, that would have been, been hilarious that you know? would have been fantastic yes but, um they, they lay it they they lay out a cardboard tray with thumbtacks before the match starts <laughs> it is pretty good that like all the spots revolve around this tiny little cardboard tray <laughs> and movement of the cardboard tray yeah we'll have to say the the the, the gentleman with the goatee and and the shaved head do you yeah. know who he was no i do not that was the Pancras, King of Pancras champion, Bass Rutten. Literally one of the hardest men on earth at oh, the wow. time. No way. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> Who had gone to watch the wrestling with his mates from Pancras. And um, funnily enough, Sayuru, who uh, wrestles for Stardom at the moment, She's a Pancras girl too. She was, uh, she's actually a mixed martial artist and wrestled in Pancras for a long while as a shoot fighter uh, before. And she wrestled for a couple of other companies before she went to Stardom uh, full I tell, time. I tell you, there's one part in this, uh, the end of this match when the match is over and uh, the little fellow with the, the, the fat little fellow with the, the Mohawk. Yeah, um, Nakamaki. And he's pulling, uh, he's pulling thumbtacks out of his feet. You're like, that's manky. <laughs> that's really sore you know it's like this is why you, you don't like I always worry you know when Miro used to do it uh, well still I think he still does it because I don't watch AEW anymore and um, your man bro in WWE you know bro I can't remember oh, uh, Matt Riddle Matt Riddle like it's like yep that's what's going to happen you know <laughs> but you just horror <laughs> fears, that's, I'm waiting for it to happen and I just saw I just saw watching this show I was like oh, no thanks so yeah, he, he gets my respect. If nothing yeah. else, Carney used to uh, ask her. She used to wrestle barefoot. As well. she wrestled, yeah, she wrestled in yeah. barefoot in Japan. Yeah. She she only wrestled once non barefoot, which was funnily enough in a barbed wire death match. Because even <laughs> she's not that stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it, it always make it's like you know you see uh, they don't do it anymore, but they used to you know where they go we're going to have a we're going to have a, a hardcore match or whatever, and then they come out in like their their skivvies, and you're like yes. What are you doing? Like you're going to wrestle in Barboy, you know, wear a shirt. And you know, I think the funniest thing ever is when Jericho was going against uh, Ken Shamrock in a first blood match. And he shows up in hockey gear. He's like, "We're in a first blood match." Sorry, go on on to the next one. But that, you know, that's the thing. I would always be like, oh, "We're going to have a Barboy death match. Great jeans, t-shirt, and a hoodie. That's how like, <laughs> you're going to show up." Yeah. This is it. Like Anita, if it was a barbed wire street fight, he'd wear jeans and a t-shirt and sometimes even a hoodie and cowboy boots. Yeah, it makes and sense. But, it, but if it was like an exploding barbed wire match with no street fight in the title, he'd wear his wrestling gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, know. that's that's ace. That's yeah. just, that's insane. All right, then we'll move on to the next match, uh, which was back to your regular Joshi fair and was... The more experienced younger girls who were kind of on the main roster had defined characters. They weren't as over as the big names we'll see later in the card, but they were all exceptionally good. I'd watch this, I'd, I'd watch this all day. This is when I was like, 
look at them go, more women on the card. Isn't this brilliant? <laughs> and, it, and it started to sink in when I got onto the second DVD that this actually is the you know a women's focus thing. But man, they were great. They were super good. Yeah. I, I, I really liked the one in the white and the one in the blue. They were cool. Um, uh, that's Chapahita Asari and Kamuku Mikawa who were the winners of this match. They defeated Rita Mada and Yumi Fukawa in 12 minutes and 34 seconds. See, for the listeners, I'm not even attempting to say the names because I'm not going to myself. <laughs> That's why James is here. <laughs> but no, I, I thought this was great. Like, if you guys haven't seen this match before, it is 100% worth your time. Um, it has the same energy as the first match, but the girls know what they're doing. Um, like, yeah. They've obviously built up much more experience, but there's like... I, I look, I love ta- look, I love women and I love tag team wrestling, right? Women wrestling is something that I've always really liked. Um, but it's very rare that you see good women's wrestling up until very recently. And it's very rare that you see good tag team women's wrestling up until very recently. So to see this in the 90s, it's mind-blowing. And it's also incredibly stiff. Your one in the purple <laughs> just absolutely kicks the head off every one of them. And it's just like, well, I would not want to be anywhere near you because you scared the hell out of me. That's Mikawa. Um, yeah. That's sc- She's scary. That's what she is. Um, <laughs> Chapahita Isara did appear on WWE pay-per-view around this time can you tell me which one I'm going to guess it's in it's an in your house is it no she was at Survivor Series you remember what? remember Bull Nakano had a team and um, Medusa Maselli who was uh, Lundra Blaze then had a team yes. too yes, she yes. was on a Lundra Roses team you're joking no she wasn't and she debuted wow. The Sky Twister Press on WWF television, no one noticed because <laughs> obviously yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah. it's Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon who, blessed as they are, had no fucking clue what they were doing. Uh, but <laughs> also, you know, we were what three years away from all the women calling each other hoes and skanks on television. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah not it, a it not was, a good time. No, no. And funnily enough, actually, Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, back in the 80s, New Japan had, sorry, WWF had an agreement with All Japan Women, and they would send teams over occasionally for matches with uh, Glamour Girls, Jimmy Hart's tag team. And one of the tag teams was the Crush Girls. And actually, one of the best pieces of commentary I ever heard was Gorilla Monsoon commentating on the Crush Girls because Lioness Asuka used to do the giant swing, which was Gorilla Monsoon's finisher. Can I can I just say right? <laughs> that's blown my mind. That's blown my mind absolutely. I'm gonna to have to go back and watch some of the new generation stuff because I, you know, I think I've I was what four, five <laughs> when it was happening. Oh, this this uh, was like 87, 80, 88 It would have been. Oh, so eighty seven. It would have been. I was even pre, I was even, I was pre even your birth. I was yeah, yeah. I wasn't even born. I wasn't even semen then, you know. I was, oh. doing, <laughs> um, I was doing right. I was writing big pieces on the Crush Girls and. I went back and watched everything I could find on the Crush Girls, and I found this. It was Lord Alfred Hayes and Gorilla Monsoon. Where is it? Is it on the network? It was, it was, it was on YouTube, so, right. but it's no longer there. But it was at no. Boston Gar- It was Boston Gardens, and it's like the Crush Girls, and they actually ask the Crush Girls what their names are because they don't know what their names are. And it's like, <laughs> this is the biggest women's tag team of all time, and you don't know who they are. But it was the first time they've been in America, and it was like, and you could sense the admiration Monsoon had for them. It's like the first time uh, his first time she'd he'd seen the giant swing done properly since he'd done it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So there like, you go. It, it's a shame. It's like it's a shame how 
it, how that whole thing went, particularly in the new generation time. But that was a mess anyway. You know, like that whole thing was just a mess. And I think it's just, I just, I don't like going back to it. It's why we don't go back to it on the rewind. You know, 90, 95, 94 is unwatchable. Unless you go to WCW, that's when you watch WCW because it's great. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it, you know, anything there is like head and shoulders above WWE in any way. So, but I, pro- yeah. I probably will go back and watch that Survivor Series card now, actually. Well, you mean the argument, what you could argue in 94 and 95, WWE wasn't the biggest wrestling company in the world. New Japan would fill in the Tokyo Dome two or three times a year. All, yeah. Japan, all Japan men were making a hundred thousand, a million dollar gates every night. Jesus F- Christ. FMW, were, FMW would fill in now at baseball stadiums. All Japan women were getting bigger crowds than WWE were on a regular basis. Look at the so, card. Yeah, great. Like, yes. Really. <laughs> yeah. So you know? yeah, it's uh, then the, like this match. This just to give you an idea. Was, was this one rated? I don't think it was rated. Not recommended yet. But the next match on this card, which again is a standard six-man tag, uh, gets four stars from the Wrestling Observer. Before we move on, not from that this I, match. Yes. I just there's a spot in it that I need to talk about. Which spot is that, sir? It, it's the spot where. Purple lady throws or throws uh blue lady into the corner and then right. like, does like a has her wrapped up in the ropes and then she just kicks her and kicks her for like seven like seven or eight kicks and are vicious because she's being choked as she's being kicked. You're like, oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> like there's certain points throughout this whole show that I get kind of uncomfortable because I don't like seeing women get like beaten, See, yeah, you know, and that's it, the thing, I just I don't like it. Like, it, this is this is the thing though. Just don't I, like you know. I think I think you have to kind of put that kind of stuff away in the sense of arguably you shouldn't be comfortable with men doing it to each other. I understand where you're. I know, from. I know. Well, I, I, there's a certain line as well. Like, I, I, the reason why I don't watch Tournament of Death because I'm like, that's sadistic. And then Dave's like, this is great, this is brilliant. Like, <laughs> like no, it's not. <laughs> it's sadistic. So there's a line, but I'm more kind of like comfortable, comfortable with it to a point. But with women, it's like, I don't want to see her being choked and being kicked because, you know, you want to go in and help her, like, you know. But oh. obviously, you know, they're athletes and they're phenomenal and they're telling the story. And she's a bit, ba- I'm assuming they're the baby faces, right? Because they're, they're, they, they work like baby faces. They're, both teams are baby faces. Oh, that's, fuck off. That's no, the... they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Macau has got a bit of an attitude, but she was considered a baby face. Right, I've just, okay, wa- just, just watched her coming now, and she's whipping um, her into the ropes, just to do that big boot to the face, which is awesome. Oh, it's look, just awe-inspiring. Look, as I said, it's some of the most heavy-hitting uh, yeah. wrestling, not even women wrestling, just in general, that you can watch around this time period. But that I spot mean, in particular, like, it would be 15, 20 years before you see the men doing that. Like that's such a creative, simple but creative spot. You know, it's it's great. Yeah, it's hard to watch. It's really hard um, to watch. If you read the book Eggshells, which is a Chris Charlton's book on um, on the history of wrestling at the Egg Dome, he interviewed Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, and about like the big women's show at the Egg Dome that they did in '94, and Kenny Omega said, and Ibushi said the same thing. This is the standard we aim to get to. Yeah, you can see it. It's so yeah. good. Like, it's so like if it had been men in there as well, I think you'd yeah. probably be like, you'd be like, Jesus, you know, proper baby face and peril kind of spot. Like, um, that's why I thought they were being the faces because a lot of this match 
it's big spot, big spot, recovery spot, baby face and peril spot down for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of do their comeback and win. Um, so this is like a pretty good WWE match, to be fair. Um, but again, it's, um, you know, if, if we were seeing this every night on, on Raw, I don't think people would be upset. I think this is like, this is, this is standard for tag team wrestling in general, in my opinion. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. But my God, prepare to feel uncomfortable. Because <laughs> you're just like, wow. And what she's doing her job. She's a baby face in peril. That's part yeah, of it. Yeah, that's right? it. This is this is the other thing as well. It's like it's not just the moves and the toughness. They're watching Chef Eater Asara drive off the top rope to the floor because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, it's the selling. The selling yeah. is so good, and I can't you get over like yeah, you've you got to sell. sell. If someone there's no point. If you someone hits you, looks like if you know they look like they're hitting you like a ton of bricks, then you should act like you've been hit with a ton of bricks, and they yeah. do that so well. And that's the thing. And I think as well. It does play into the fact that their nice young girls wearing nice outfits does help with the fact with the peril. <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah, that's a big thing. You're like, ah, look, they're lovely, and, and yes. that's a, that, you know, but they're, they're killing each other. You're like, can you not? Like, can you just, <laughs> someone help her? <laughs> <laughs> but it is like that. But yeah. the other, the other reason why the reason why it's like this, it wasn't quite so bad at this point actually with, the, with people of this level of experience. But they had to retire at twenty six. That was the Look, rule. There's a drop. There's a drop kick. There's a yeah. drop kick there in this match, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the white the girl in the in the white outfit um, does it off the top rope, and it yeah. looks like she's killed her. So I'm not yeah. shocked to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was like it, essentially you start in the dojo at seventeen, mm. maybe sixteen. You've got ten years, and it's a ten year window. Your bump card is already written for you. So at that point, it is like I they have just seen that drop kick. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's, never, it's just it's vicious. It's like so, it's like she killed her. Like <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then like that big delayed German after that, and Macau just runs it. That's so good. Um, but yeah, the, they're at the point of I have to go over, and I have to go over quick, and I've got to main stability, and that's when you've got twenty people on the roster mm. doing that all the time. And it is just like, and when you get into the second half of this show, like the the, the story I always tell, and it's worth tell, telling again, is Megumi Kudo and Combat Toyota, who were FMW's big stars, were let go from this roster because they weren't good enough. Wow. Two wrestlers that could fill a fourteen thousand seat stadium by themselves weren't the thing, good enough the thing, for this company. The thing about this is it's, it, it's more about the uh, also there's an amazing court crew at Moonsault yes. as well which I'm just kind of flicking through this here as well um, with my notes. Yeah, that's probably the most beautiful court crew Moonsault I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Chappie was uh, <laughs> just, she's just insane. She, yeah. she, she was like everyone gives credit to Sabu and very much so and Hayabusa for being the people that kind of redefine what flight aerial wrestling was in the 1990s but no one talks about chapita asara and they should do because she that sky twisted press she was the first one to do it and it's perfect it's just perfect everything she did was so crisp there was bits here where she's kind of free floating and free flowing a little bit but she was just as good as hayabusa and sabu was in that time period but she doesn't get the respect necessarily because there was so much else going on in women's wrestling at the time 
there's one or two moments in it where it doesn't exactly work, but then when it works, it makes up for it. You know, it, it's, it's one of those it's, things where you're, it's one of those things where you're like, when you when your offense is based around being innovative, it's not always going to work because you have to do setup. You know, yeah. And if you're not in the right place, and that happens one or two points throughout the match, but then it, it ends with the, the those beautiful corkscrew insults, and you're like, Oof, absolutely, absolutely sterling. Shall we move on to the next match? Oh, we should. Yeah, we should. Mention, by the way, it's not listed on the cage match. That was for the AJW Tag Women's Tag Team Championships, which of course McCowry and Asari won. They were yes. vacant. Yes. Um, and you William, have, you have, they have belt and trophies. Yes, everyone gets a trophy for winning a match. That's that's, yes, part that's of the, the thing. They sh- they should do that more. They don't. I think like belts are great. Those belts are way too big for them as well, though. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. But you know. Um, <laughs> The everyone should get a trophy, you know, it's something that works, you know, it, it's you know, they should do that. Also, yeah. so, like, just should do this, they should have like this kind of thing in Japan, it'd be a good time, everyone have fun. The, le- the level of ceremony is good, I like that. Listen, um, when you're watching something Japanese, there has to be a certain level of pomp and ceremony in it, that's like half the fun of it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I also, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please get somebody else to design your trophies. Cause <laughs> yeah, they're pretty bad. Um, you see, like New Japan Strong are running a tag team tournament at the minute, and they've got two trophies based upon the World Tag League trophy. Now, the World Tag League is a stylized fist being raised by another fist, and you get two of them for, to you and your partner. So it looks like then they've tried to copy that um, for the American tournament, but they've done it realistically. So oh, effectively. No. It just looks like a dildo. Yeah, you know, not not good. No. <laughs> not, not good. Not good. <laughs> it's it's not good. And and the the New Japan World Heavyweight Championship belt. So anyway, I mention that every week. There's this week's airing of the New Absolutely. Japan. Yeah, Karen. The next the <laughs> next match. The next match. Uh, I love the little outfits they come out in. It's super fun. Uh, <laughs> this is this is yeah. This is where like. These are the big stars now. You can tell they're the big stars because they've got dressing gowns and 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 stuff, and there's 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 um, tassels and extra things on outfits. So this is um, Blizzard Yuki, Keiru Ito, and Mariko Yoshida. They lost to Koko Inoue, Tomoko Watanabe, and Toshi Yamada in 18 minutes and 24 seconds in stiff as houses six man tag. Oh stop! There's just there's just bits where they just absolutely letter each other. <laughs> and you're like, what is going on here? Uh, really good, really tight though. Like everything they do, it's like the submissions are crisp, like you wouldn't believe. Um, looks like a horse like hell because it probably does. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's just this is great. This was a really, really, really fun match. Um, I, I did. I appreciated the slow, the slower paces of it. Of it. And it's kind of yeah. um, it's good to know with the card. Like this is the point where you would have this, right? And it does kind of um, have more of an impact with it because we've seen so a lot of the fast moving stuff now um, for two or three matches. So yeah, it's cool. It's it's really good to see. Although there was nothing in it that I would point to and go, "This is brilliant." Like this is, you know, yeah. If I'm wrong here, like correct me. There's nothing in from these girls that would what would point to as being the big stars. I didn't really see anything that would justify that. Um, there is and there isn't. I mean, for a start, um, 
Damoka Watanabe loses two teeth in the first 30 seconds, so that that's probably fairly... Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's probably fairly noticeable. We should mention that. Because um, she, she had them all before the match started, and then I just seen her smile 30 seconds in, and she didn't. Um, well, as I, I said, think... dude, they're lettering each other like you wouldn't believe. That's going to happen. <laughs> you kick someone in the face hard enough, and they're probably going to lose some teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tuskoko, in a way, is still wrestling. She wrestles for LPWX now and does work on the independent circuit. Tomoko Watanabe is still wrestling. She's wrestling for Marvelous, still has a full schedule with them. She did have some slow years at the end of AJW's run. Uh, Toshiya Yamada sadly retired in 2002 due to injuries, um, but was wrestling for Gaia at the time and uh, did a lot of training with a lot of the young stars that Joshi are now the, the big bosses of Joshi uh, mm. 20 years later. I love Yamada. I would sit and watch Yamada wrestle a bag of flour for oh, three weeks. She is just, she's got all that shoot style down. She's got all that character stuff. She was, the, she was never the big name star, but she was the big name star's best friend. The big name star being Minami Toyota, who we'll see later. But she was, she's awfully responsible for getting a lot of people over because of how good she was. You know, she could really carry herself and carry other people in a way whole, you wouldn't believe. The whole match is like there's no slow points in it. It's, it's a slow down match, but it's still there's still a lot of heavy, hard hit, hard hitting action in it as well. And look, you know, for a multi man tag match, which you know I've gotten records that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, that's because it wasn't done like this. You know, everyone <laughs> has their moment. It's not just like twenty minutes of rest spots and then someone comes in and does their finisher they're all outshine and they all work together it's it's pretty interesting there is at, at the end of the match i have a question but if you want to say something more about the match do because i want to derail it because i feel like my comments gone to derail it it's okay uh blizzard yuki uh is retired uh Kayaruto is still wrestling to this day this is 25 years ago and still wrestling mariko yoshida retired in 2012 she went on to be the queen of arsion and was a big part of that particular company uh, in 1998, after the ex, there was a big exodus in 2007. A lot of the big name stars in all Japan women left to go to other companies, which did the company no end of good at the time, but mm. was a bit of a draw. Within like seven or eight years, the company would be out of business because of partly because they lost all their big stars in one go. And partly, yeah, well, the basic issue was uh, the 26 rule kind of stopped in around about this time. Because JWP was the first company to come in in competition to AJW, and they got rid of the 26 rules so they could have some veterans to train the young girls on the job. Yeah. Um, and then when they started offering contracts to AJW's older women, like they well, we'll have to get rid of the 26 rule as well then, which meant they got a log jam at the top of the roster. The trouble was that top of the roster was arguably five or six of the greatest wrestlers who ever lived, and they weren't going anywhere. And as soon as you take them away and they go to other companies, there's a big drop off. So it's it's a it's a difficult kind of circle square to circle. They were really put themselves in an horrible position, to be honest with you. Uh, but if arguably, if they'd done it 20 years before, they might have been the they might have been better off. But you know, these are these are how these things work. And it was down to a lot of misogyny in the 1970s that's to how this. Well, all... you get punished for that stuff. Yes, it that's is what it. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what's the thing at the end of the match, though. Right? Did they win a printer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
is that what yeah. they were feuding over? Was it like a printer or like a washing machine or something? I, I think it was a printer. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure it was a printer. I thought, I thought it may have been a small chill box. Okay. Like, you know, we okay. keep your beers in. Like, Hold on, yeah. we're, we're, we're not done yet. Uh, Why? Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did this happen? Like... <laughs> Even today, a lot of small local firms sponsor wrestling companies in Japan because it's seen as legitimate sport still in certain places. No, so, but, no, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Mm. They have matches yeah. for like a printer. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming that the three of them would sell did, the printer. Did, did they share the printer? printer? I don't know. I mean, it may be, they may have just sponsored the match, but it could also have been like the printer was sold, like like in the Tour de France, like when the stage winner wins the car, they don't keep the car, they sell the car and split the money between the team. Yeah, but that makes sense. Like, it's a car. <laughs> this is a printer. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they got three printers. I don't know. It just has more questions than answers. You know, like, <laughs> they should have shown up a graphic saying, you know, the winners in a match win this or whatever. You know, it's it's yeah. just bizarre, man. Like, I mean, lots of bizarre stuff happens in Japan. I get that. But this is just really bizarre. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Hell in a Cell's on tonight. And imagine if, like, Roman Reigns comes out and goes, I'm going to win my title and a printer. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> like, did I just have a stroke or something? You know? Oh, Vince would never allow private uh, private advertising on, on WWE television, would he? No. no. Well, no. I, well, maybe. I don't know. Sometimes, well... Sometimes they do. Like in the 90s, yeah, when they'd like, you know, you'd have JR shilling for Skittles like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, uh, I suppose so. But I don't know, man. I, I think they should uh, have, they, well, they that have wouldn't, a... wouldn't that be better if, like, I don't know, Roddy Piper faced Brett Hart for the Intercontinental Championship and a lifetime supply of Skittles? <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? Actually, here's the thing, right? They, if they do bring back Cyber Sundays, they should have like the winner gets like a MacBook or gets like a <laughs> you know, gets a subscription to to Office three six five or something. I think that'd be cool. I, I think we should we should pitch this. I think it'd be a cool idea. Oh man, I, you know, I wish I wish my Japanese was good enough to understand what the commentators were saying at this point because I don't know how to call that. But like, and you've won a printer. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anybody wants to translate that section for us, we will we'll put the video together. If anybody, you know, please, um, please do. We'll see what we can find out, and I'll let you know. Shall Sorry. we move on to the next match? Absolutely, and that's why I wanted to give you space because I was like, there's no way to not derail <laughs> this conversation with this. <laughs> the next match, then, shall we? Yep. All right, then. The next match involved four legends of Joshi wrestling. Jaggy Yokota comes out of retirement to tag team with her old emesis, Lioness Asuka. Uh, when I say nemesis, they were both baby faces. And they were going against the UWA women's tag team champions, Los Kakaharas, Orientales, Etsuka Mida, and Mima Shimoda, the badasses that are the LCO, in an incredibly good match. <laughs> um, this, this is my bag. This is it. I love the LCO. The LCO were the greatest tag team I've ever seen, I think. And the more I watch them, the more I appreciate them. And I, people say, oh, well, the Dudleys did this and the Dudleys did that. Mima Shimoda and Atsuka Mita are far more terrifying than the Dudleys ever would be. They'd beat the shit out of them and steal their lunch money. That's a tag team, in my opinion. This was the early days of the proper LCO, and they would go on a reign of terror for 10 years until Atsuka Mita had to retire because of injury. 
but this is them just just starting out by beating up some legends. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> to like to, to translate it uh, for people who may maybe are not as into Japanese wrestling or have that depth knowledge. This came off like the Randy Orton uh, edge, um, legend killer gimmick. Yeah, this that was it. That's kind Line of it. what this felt like. Jaggy Okota was um, the big draw in AJW in from around about 1981 to about 85. And she was the first woman who could seriously claim to be the best wrestler in the world. She was like Ric Flair, Harry Lace level of good oh, wow. at the time. She was on that kind of level. And the matches that she had, she was having like hour draws and doing 30-minute matches back then. So, uh, is this, she, so is this the one with the like lightning bolts on her tights or the one in the leather? Uh, the one in the leather with the long hair. Ah, that makes sense. No, like, yeah. she was very good. I would have been very... Like the one in the... The one with... I'm going to call her lightning bolts. Lightning bolts is, is okay, but the one, like, the one <laughs> in the leather is like proper, seriously good. Like you can tell she's older like by a fair bit. Yeah. But my God, like she's, you know, not slow down, no signs of wear. Well, you, see, she, you know, giving it to giving it to these girls like you wouldn't believe it's she it's retired really she retired at twenty four to run the dojo. Oh wow, that, that makes that makes that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And these two girls, the Googles who's wrestling, were in her first dojo class, second dojo class, right. um, and then uh, Lioness Asuka, who obviously where Asuka gets her name from, uh, oh, Lioness Asuka. That makes sense yeah. Too. Lioness Oscar debuted in 81 and she had an incredible match with... Is Lioness, uh, is Lioness Oscar the Lightning Bolts? Lightning Bolts lady, yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, yes. man. She bleeds something fierce. And actually, looking at her, she kind of looks like Oscar. She moves like her a little bit as well, so... Yeah, she's a big influence on her. Um, oh, you can see that. I like Lightning yeah. Bolts now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love Oscar as well. And then you have Etsuka Mita and Mima Shimoda. Um, Etsuka Mita is the one with the shorter hair in the red and white. Right. And there's a cool spot. There's a cool spot in this one as well. Um, like that tag team just completely have it on. As you were saying, like the the Dudleys were interested. Like I like the Dudleys growing up, and you're great. But they they work as a tag team, but not really. Like they do some spots. Like these girls work like a tag team. You know, yeah. they f- almost finish each other's sentences as such. You know, there's some cool. There's a cool um, tower spot of doom. Where like they go up the top rope, knock it down, and then there's like a uh, a, a die from the top rope. Super cool and super innovative. Like uh, as over as the legends were um, in this one. The story of this match was they can't overcome the open comers. You know, it literally yeah. is the Randy Orton kind of thing uh, story, and it's like almost B for B. The match tells that story. Um, everything is pulled out here. The spots are actually pretty wild, and there's multi, <laughs> there's there, there's multi uh, multi kind of tower doom spots, you know. But I think it's great, man. Like it's it's a phenomenal match, and um, yeah. definitely you can see why the you know why all the girls here have such a great um, following from what you were saying because it's earned, you know. And as you said, like this was what, 20, 25 years ago, 26 years ago. Yeah. And it, it feels so modern. You can watch this now or way we did watch it now and you have a great time. You know, if you just change the commentary over and change the presentation, this could be, you know, top tier match of the year stuff. 
It's great. Really, really good. Has a flat finish though. We'll have to say very flat yeah. finish. But yeah, that's that's kind of like that's a lot of these matches. Also, color again. I don't know if I mentioned it or not. Uh, Lightning mm. bolts bleeds pretty badly. Yes, yes, um, she does. Kind of a, this point in her career, that was kind of standard for her. She'd retired in under the twenty six rule in ninety two, and then her tag team partner Chikasura Nagayo had started Gaia around this time. Was starting mm. to build Gaia. And Asuka was like, well, if she can come back, then why can't I? And uh, this was her kind of the start of her comeback. And hard, they would have... Is a hard way or did it... It was play? hard. I think this one was hard way. Actually. It looked like it. It looked yeah, like she's, she's played... She's, she's played before, but in this particular environment, I think it was just hard way. They were just going that hard. Yeah, no, it really uh, looked like it. Yeah. yeah. Atsuka Mita as well um, has an influence on pretty much everything that goes on in the wrestling ring today because she invented the Death Valley Driver. No way. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. That's awesome. Yeah. I've actually seen the video the first time she pulls out the Death Valley driver and the crowd just go insane. It's and it's great. like, it's, yeah, it's just like, she, she's just like, she pulls it out of nowhere in the middle of the match and the crowd just goes, what's that? It's like, the, <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the Burning Hammer or a Canadian Destroyer the first time you see them. You're like, oh. Yeah. How did that work? What, did, what magic science developed that? But yes, <laughs> and Mima Shimoda works for New Japan Pro Wrestling these days. She's a backstage producer, and from what I understand, is a bit of a keen influence on your Jay White, which is probably the reason right. why Jay White is the best heel in wrestling at the moment. So yeah, they they have become innovative, but when they were on, they were on, and they didn't come much better than the LCO. Um, Absolutely. So I I was going to say, they kind of did have their standard match in the sense of someone's going through a table, but <laughs> it was really, really good. The UWA tag team titles, by the way, were the UWA was the Mexican promotion that had gone out of business in 1993. So as you can imagine, when this was in 1995, not the most prestigious of championships as they didn't appear to be anyone for them. But there you go. <laughs> Still? Um, so we swapped discs now at this point. We're on disc two. Yes. We are. And I really liked this opening match with uh, Bennett and Hada. That's how you say it, isn't it? Yes, Yumiki Hada. Yeah, I, I thought this was good. I had like the most flat ending to a match, but the match itself is absolutely super fun. I really like your, I really like your one, Bennett. I think she's cool. Um, but man, yeah. Yeah, uh, my favorite spot of this whole match is where they're just beating each other around the place, and then she just grabs a table from outside and tries to put her through it, but the table doesn't doesn't break initially. Gets up on top of it, and the whole thing breaks, and they're both. <laughs> You're like, I don't know how you thought that was going to end differently, but I like this. This is good. <laughs> Hot as ace, she's just a hard bastard. They well, bore her. They yeah. bore her. I, I think that's when... like obviously I don't know the story of the match, so maybe illuminate me. Is I mean, the story it, it, this match, they, they, they just are really tough and they're going to kill each other, and they do. Is that the that's story? Ba- that's basically it. Reggie Bennett had, been, had this gimmick of being... Um, originally, originally, she came in just as like this athletic big girl. Yeah. And then she had this builder, not bodybuilder, actual builder, like construction worker gimmick for a while, which didn't really work. And then she just became this fun-loving wrestler. Um, and then Yumiki Hata is just stiff. She Mika Hata came out of the class of '86 with uh, the LCO. She's the same year as them, and she, she kind of was the first. She was 
innovative in the sense that she brought bigger kicks than anyone else had brought to wrestling before uh in in women's wrestling before and she really kind of mixed put in that mixed martial arts style she was that good at sorry karen sorry so my question on this one right so this is the first match where they kind of go outside and they start doing you know really are outside for long periods of time not just doing dives as well and there's not a lot of padding on the outside um so are the rules in this like yeah if you want to go for it and then come back in you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it just kind of happens. Like they're not using chairs for long periods of time and they're not using weapons for long periods of time. But someone should have been disqualified for using the table. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, you know. it's standard, standard New Japan rules of if it happens okay. outside the ring, the referee can't say anything about it. Gary, before 20 count. There you go. Okay, fair enough. Because well, they're out there for a lot. Well, yeah, I suppose they do get in before the 20 count, but it's, it seems to be very loose. Like the ref doesn't really seem to be like, it's it's much the same as the New Japan kind of red. If you watch Red Shoes and Marty Asami, it's kind of like, yeah, come back. No, 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 come. Ah, you'll be all right for a bit. I don't have to deal with you now. <laughs> oh, fair enough. So it's just kind of like, yeah, if it happens, it happens, but we're not going to. Yeah, gonna I've, literally, I've literally seen Minoru Suzuki take a route march into the crowd to go find a weapon to hit somebody with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, Red Shoes, oh, come on, Minoru, not today. Yeah. Come on, it won't be dinner. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's kind of like the attitude. It's don't don't let the rules get in the way of a good scrap. Is basically the principle. This is all run on. Ah, uh, no, it makes sense. But like, yeah. uh, as I said, the match itself it's a great way. To, it's a great opener. It really is. It's a good like 15, 20 minute match. But ends with a fart rather than you know an explosion. Wow. That's like this. <laughs> Tell me why, because I was really disappointed when I watched this, and then when I go back and watch it again, I'm like, oh. There is a there is a theory that makes sense if you look on the the cage match ratings for this match. Um, somebody pointed out that Reggie Bennett was actually deaf in one ear, right? And she didn't hear the count, so hence the reason why she pulled her shoulder up late, which was too uh, late. This makes sense. Yes, makes sense. so yeah, because yeah. because the ref had got the wrong side of her. Right. That yeah. Okay. I'd buy that because she's not like the kick. Look, taking a kick in the head is not fun, right? Um, yeah. But she's not knocked out. She's not selling it like she's been beaten. She's not selling it like she's ready for the pinfall. She's selling no. it like, yeah, that hurt. Yeah, <laughs> two count. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's also the fact that it's not hot as finisher either. No. So you that know, it, well, it's not yeah. not a finisher. It's as I said, it's you know, it's a fart like. Boom. Yeah. So it just it's just did. I don't. I don't think it hurts the match in the sense of it's sometimes matches. Sometimes matches hurt like end like that, and sometimes you're kind of. I'm. I'm not a big fan of finishes working every time. Sometimes you need something a bit different. But yeah, like, that. But that wasn't it though. Yeah, you that's know, right. If, if it had been a proper kick where she's down and down, you know, fair enough. But you know, I I, I would actually buy that theory more, and that's my head canon anyway because that makes way more sense. Yeah, and and uh, you know it's not like Hotter couldn't deliver a kick that knocked your block off. Yeah, so that, it makes sense in the story, but it just doesn't look as good as it possibly could have done. Yeah, but it, it's not it's not a disservice to the match. The match is really good. It's my favorite match of the whole thing, as far as like a wrestling match that's just you know fun. The next one is fun too, but in like, a different kind of way. No, I get really, <laughs> I, I kind of get disturbed a little bit watching it. Um, I, I don't like watching the girls bleed. 
Um, and people are going, oh, that's sexist. No, I just don't like it, man. <laughs> I don't like watching anyone bleed after a certain point. <laughs> but these girls really bleed. <laughs> it's not like a little cut. It's like they're fucking bleeding everywhere. You know? Like, okay. So if anyone was bleeding this level, they'd be the same. So, you know, it, it's not a sexist thing. It's more just like, I'm not comfortable with it. It's like watching MMA and stuff like that. You know, it, yeah. it, it hits that MMA mode where I'm like, I'm watching wrestling and I'm not expecting it to turn into an MMA. Like when I'm watching MMA, I'm prepared for it. Wrestling, I'm not prepared for when someone bleeds that much, you know? So, yeah. Fair enough. particularly hard way because they're not cutting here. They're just bleeding. Nope. <laughs> they're just bleeding, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> stop the match. You know, <laughs> glue, glue yourself up and come back, you know? I'm about to blow your mind, shall I? Go. Okay, so, uh, well, I did promise you that you would know two people on this card. You did. And one of them would be Aja Khan. Yes. Because she wrestled for AEW this year and a couple of years ago as well. Yes. And, and WWE back in the day. Uh, but the basic storyline of this was Aja Khan and Bison Kimura are dojo sisters. They are literally best friends and best friends in real life. Oh, and yeah. they just, they, this entire story was... Uh, destiny, two people who were destined to wrestle in the end, and they treated it as such, so they refused not to give it their absolute all, and they gave their absolute all in eight minutes and three seconds, and battered the living shit out of one another. Literally. Literally. <laughs> and you know what? That's cool, man. That actually adds so much to it. It's like a Mick Foley-Terry Funk thing whenever they had a match in Japan, or even in WWE or whatever. It was always... You know, we're going to kill each other and then yeah. have a good time afterwards. And that's what they do. And it's, you know, I I don't want to say I enjoyed it because I didn't. But I did enjoy it as well. You know the way? It was like, you enjoyed the story. Yeah. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed what they did. I thought it was a really good match. It's just when they start bleeding so much, I'm like, Ugh. it's, I mean, yeah. Uncomfortable. I mean... It's just uncomfortable. You know, it's like, you don't have to do that. Like, don't get me wrong, color is great and adds to the story. Yeah, and eight minutes isn't much of <laughs> eight minutes. You don't need to bleed in eight minutes. You know, if you're telling a fifteen minute, twenty minute thing, yeah, fine. You know, okay, you need to get to that point. But they just, oh, it the way they cut each open as well. It's just elbow strikes and kicks, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> like literally, <laughs> uh, literally after they come back in from doing a little dance outside, right? Yeah. it's just a, a constant elbow strike, elbow strike, top rope, elbow strike, elbow strike, and you're like, stop. Hitting with <laughs> or stay down. It's it's so cool. The story is great, but I just wasn't expecting it. You know, well, I mean, it, they were the tag team. They were in uh, Gokoke Dome uh, when they got out of the dojo, which was um, Don Masamoto. It was like the biggest heel in Japanese women's wrestling ever. Mm. And they were in that group when they were rookies. And then Bull Nakano took over the group, changed the name to Gokaki Toe, and they became a babyface group. And they didn't like it because they were they didn't sign up to be no baby faces. They're badasses. Yeah, and, and you can tell. You can tell. And, man. So, yeah. and so they they formed their own group called Jungle Jack, and they went after the then tag team champions Paul Nakano and Kyoko Inoue, and had a brutal series over the summer of '93, which ended in a hair versus hair cage match. Oh, is that why? Is that why she has the shaved head? Yeah, it's what, that's where. Well, she used to have a mohawk before then, and then she right. shaved her head and went back to the short back and size agit. Um, Bull Nakano had full trestles of long hair that she sh- that was shaved off. She was in tears. It's oh, one of the most iconic, iconic stories. So they've they've done all this together, and then 
So this match was just like the kind of the, the completely unexpected thing you never thought you'd see. It's Bison and Aja there, like got each other's backs for the last 10 years. Why would they suddenly turn on one another? Um, but this is this was kind of there to show you this is AJW. This is this is pressure cooker wrestling. This is how we do our thing. It's a and, look, it's a great match. Yeah. There uh there's a lot of white as well. <laughs> on what they're wearing, yeah. so the just because more and more like, bloody, you know, let's, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's both wear. You know, when the two wrestlers wear white, you know yeah. something's gonna happen. You know, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's, but, the, uh, it's the Karina wearing the white shirt for his last match thing, isn't it? <laughs> literally, yeah. You're like, we're gonna bleed. Um, but no, man, it, it's great. You know, and it, I think if you can, if you can set like a lot of things in life are all about expectation, and if you can set yeah. your expectation to be like, this, you're gonna feel MMA uncomfortable in this it's not a wrestling match this is like proper tough like these women right these are like the toughest wrestlers i've ever seen yeah not women wrestlers yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally they, they, you know they could go in again it's 1995 this feels it feels so i don't want to use the words forgive me but i have to use it this feels so progressive that it could be done today and it would be amazing I mean, the obviously the um, performance center currently run by Sarah Del Rey, uh, Sarah Maso, yep. the real name. Um, she was massively influenced by these women. By you can tell one, this is what yeah. it feels like. It feels like an NXT, and I know people. Are, it feels like an NXT, like oh, the show on the rewind. Guys, what listen to the rewind if you don't, uh, please do. Um, but yeah, this week we cover NXT in your house, and the two best matches on it were the women's matches. Yeah. And there was one in it that really has these kind of beats. Obviously, they don't bleed nearly as much, uh, <laughs> but or at all. But it still kind of has that that edge to it. And man, this is great. Like, this is. I, I'm sad because like not many people know about this. Yeah. But it's also you can see the influence that I had on modern wrestling. Where yeah, you know, if it wasn't for these girls going out and literally killing each other. Well, you know. this, is, this, this is the the thing the four horsewomen kind of are that dojo class they're the, they're the closest thing you're going to get to the class of 87 in in this era and you know there is there is direct comparisons between sasha and minami toyota and becky and akira hokuto and uh charlotte and bison kimura you can see you can see it you can see, yeah, it. You can see it you know you well, see it, yeah. even even bailey and kyoko in a way you know the the there is just like a a direct comparison to all of them. Like in, you're, you're watching this match, specifically this match, mm. and you are you're like for me, I was getting flashbacks of the Hell in the Cell with um, Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, where they went, they took it. You know, probably the most extreme WWE have seen it, but obviously it wasn't to this state. But you know, it was still. You know, that's iconic, and that's yeah. going to have impact twenty years down the line, just like this did twenty years down the line now. And yeah. it, it, it's great to see. If you haven't seen it, go away. You're to see it. Um, be prepared for a lot of blood. But um, these are great. <laughs> brilliant, yeah, this, absolutely brilliant, brilliant man. Yeah, and, it, and it's the thing is, it's like it. They're two heels, yeah. So they've got to get the crowd interested. And they choose the most spectacular method to get them interested. <laughs> how, do we, how, do we, how do we get these guys on our side? If we beat each other hard enough, we'll get them on our side. But also, like, it starts off, um, you know, they, they literally, the bell rings and they go up and start smashing each other in the crowd. 
Yeah, you know, it's, it, 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 it there, there's that sense of closeness where you're like, right, anything can happen here. We're not just gonna be in a ring. We're gonna do what we can do, and it's cool. Like as I said, you know, I wasn't. It, it's hard when you're 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 not listening to commentary. Yeah. This is this is the importance of commentary. Commentary is like the single most important thing with wrestling yeah. as a television product, right? Um, which is why WWE is terrible. But you know, it's like with this, it would have benefited from it. But as you're just watching it, you know, I, I watched it with the sound off. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can just kind of get into it. And it takes a bit of time, but straight away, iconic, brilliant, yeah. great match, really good match. This visceral, I think, is the is the word. That was what yes. I would use for this. And what's interesting as well about it is it's not really like a weaponsy match. No, no, no. This you is know, just. They're just killing each other. Yeah, that's it. You know? It's just it's chops and headbutts and elbows and forearms and there's yeah. there's a few suplexes and a couple of pile drivers, but that's about it. I tell you though, if you ever did want to open someone up though, the way to do it is with elbows. Yeah. Those things yeah. you catch someone with an elbow, man, they're gonna bleed like, gonna bleed, like <laughs> so it's just like I think like you know, even when we were training back in the day, like um you wouldn't really throw elbows because you're gonna Unless you're padded up because you're going to cut someone, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I always get uncomfortable when I see someone throw elbows. I'm like, oh, that's really sore. You're going to bleed soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is. Here's the thing, right? Like, one thing about wrestling is I'm like, how do you let someone hit you? You know, so I can only imagine what's like, I'm fucking let you throw an elbow and you're going to land. I I have nothing but respect for someone like that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like, it's just so good. Bison Kimura's chops as well, which in like Western wrestling are a bit hooky kind of like tomahawk chop but they're dead serious with her she she's she's a performer but she's mm. delivering the chops with such ferocity and selling them and i just selling them for her that you know they that that you get the message that they're supposed to hurt and they do and it's, they're both, it takes they're, they're both making the conscious effort to go yeah. out and make each other look like a million bucks yeah but then they're also doing stuff where if you don't sell you're gonna to have to because you're actually getting hurt, you know. Yeah, that's it. And uh, no submission holds in this at all. Nope, Nary no, a chin no, lock. No rest holds. No nothing. It's hell for leather. No chill at all. Absolutely. Shall we move on to the next match? Yes, let's. Um, I was. I liked your woman's hair. I thought she was. I thought, I thought that was cool. <laughs> um, this is this is your ball McCarnail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. the other person you were likely to know because, of course, she had a big WWE and WCW run. Um, and she was still appearing for WWF at this particular time. I think this was a night off. So, yeah, uh, she did get back to AJW occasionally. Though AJW started downplaying her at this point. They weren't booking her in the big matches. As you can tell, she's not in the main event. She was a WWA Women's Champion from 1990 to 92. She had mm. a two-year run that kind of defined the company. And she's arguably one of the best heavyweight champions ever, like Masawa level, Akada level, uh, good. Um, yeah, and arguably the best big female wrestler. I'd say her and Aja Kong were the two best big women wrestlers ever, I think. Right. Um, Kyoko way, who, long-time Blessed Stone fan, I'm not a massive fan of, but I can't deny how talented she is and her ability as a pure white meat baby face, they don't come much better than Kyoko way. No, and that's kind of like the, that's the story of them of this match, in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, yeah, literally white meat baby face. Like, you know, it's a John Cena match, but they actually go 
and it's great. That's what it is. It's it's a yeah. John Cena match, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good, and it's really, really. It the closest thing I can say this is like John Cena and Omega. Um, that's what yeah. that's the dynamic that they're doing. But both women are going. They're absolutely killing it. It's not the most exciting match in the world, but the crowd seems to be really into it, or as much as Japanese crowds are. And, yeah. Um, there are some cool exchanges in this though. Like there is like some the the pin transitions um and just how they get in and out of them very unique yeah very very yeah. unique but it, it is your traditional uh heel versus baby face like literally like you know they're dressed one's dressed in like dark colors one's dressed in bright colors you know it's <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's about as straightforward as you're going to get but there's some really really cool bits in this match and it's uh it, it, it's a great little thing to set up for like the main event, you know. It was, and again, this was a big story in the sense of the both the members of Gekakito, um, mm. in a, in a way, was Nakano's um, uh, protege in Gekakito. Uh, they didn't, they were a babyface group, but Bull is a babyface, but it's because not because Bull acts in a babyface way. She's just popular, yeah. if that makes sense. She doesn't make any at all any kind of concessions to being a fan favorite she wrestles the same way as a heel as she does as a baby face it's just people cheer for her when she's a baby face <laughs> that's that's, that's, the, that's basically the difference you know it's just like um she, the, the, my favorite thing i actually like some of it was the 20th anniversary of being bison i don't know 30th 28th anniversary of bison kimura and uh Aja Kong wrestling Kyoko Inoue and Bull Nakano for the tag titles mm. this week. And Craig Williams, who does a lot of Japanese wrestling stuff. No, it wasn't Craig. It was Kieran, who does a lot of the New Japan gift stuff. Oh, he used to before New Japan started giving him warnings, so he stopped. Um, posted it. And I posted and said, That's a, that lends to so many things. Misery for everyone. And I posted the gif of uh, Bull Nakano in the middle of the ring at Kurikan Hall with Aja Kong and um, Bison Kimura whipping her with uh, Singapore canes for three minutes, and she just stands there and smiles. Just no-sells them, to the point where Aja's in tears <laughs> because she can't hear any harder, and, and Ball's just stood there like the rocket Gibraltar, and it's brilliant. It's like when no-selling works properly because she's trying to give like the proper kind of I am... Paul Nakano, I am the greatest wrestler in the world. How dare you even try? You know, and that's that. That's just. But I'm Paul retweeted it. That was that's it. She's awesome. on Twitter. <laughs> She's like, hey, that's cool. I remember doing that. <laughs> and amazing, amazingly, Paul Nakano now looks younger than she did then. Wow. <laughs> wow. She's she stripped a lot of weight, and she's um, a slim fifty-year-old lady who enjoys her golf these days. She actually wow. went on the golf. Yeah, she went on the pro golf. She went on the pro golf tour after she finished wrestling. Believe it or not. Oh, well, um, well, no, I will. I, I think that's a very common thing for wrestlers. Larry Zbysko as well. He used to do it too. He, he stopped because he was still wrestling at the time and trying to do commentary for WCW. And like he made it on a couple of pro tour like tournaments and stuff. And he said, "These guys play golf all week. I'm flying back and forth to Atlanta to do commentary on you know." Um, terrible wrestling matches from the early 1990s. Yeah. And while, whilst trying to wrestle matches on weekends and, and then coming to do the, to, to the tournament. So he gave up. But yeah. Um, 
But yeah, no, this this match is ace. It just kind of like defines where Bull is at the time, defines where Kyoko Inoue is and gets Kyoko Inoue over, which was the point of this match in a big way. And also Kyoko, Kyoko kicked out of the top rope red drop, which, which no one awesome. had done before. Yeah, which which awesome no one is. And no one had done that before, I don't think at the time, or very few people had. So that shows you how much faith Nakano had in Inoue. And they were like the top, like you could tell that that's like the the co-main event because as you said they were building up the future. The yeah. next the next match when you watch it, you get the big fight feel with the the pomade ceremony around it. But then also it's like, you know, it seems to be the combination of whatever they were doing up to this point. Because I gather that's what they were doing. They were trying yeah. to to they were trying to like blow off as you said they were blowing off a lot of feuds here. So mm. the main event is like, what's the story behind Okoto and <sighs> Um, basically their first big uh, fight of any note was in 1990 in the opening round of the 1990 GP single elimination tournament and in that match Hokuto tried to cry and fly across body from the top of the ring ropes to the top rope to the floor and Toyota was in the crowd right. and she caught a knee on the guardrail uh-huh. and um, basically, a leg didn't work. But she's Akira Hokuto, so she tried to wrestle anyway. Um, and she she crawled back into the ring with bandanas holding her knee together, and one of the Matsunaga brothers who owned AJW had to go in the ring and physically restrain her from trying to wrestle. Um, That's awesome. And, and the only time she cried was when they told her she couldn't wrestle. So... She was booked to win the tournament that night. That's the reason why she wanted to do it. Right. But the boss said no. We can't. And was it legit? And was it, it legit? Was legit. Or... Oh wow! It was, it was okay. a legit. And she tore. Um, she tore a patella, I think. Oh Jesus! Okay, she. Makes sense. He was talking about LCO and the women on this card being the toughest wrestlers you've come across. Akira Hokuto may be the toughest wrestler, maybe the toughest person I've ever come across ever. Um, when so, she was in, so which one was she? Was she the one in the white, or was she the one who came out in the black dress? The one in the the one in the black dress, which she's wearing white for the match with the blonde hair. Oh man, yeah, oh, she's awesome. I I love the presentation of of that. I love the entrances; were so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just great. Like I just you know, it's kind of hokey, but it's not like it's just really really cool and. I don't know. I just I was into this from the beginning. Like I said, I didn't do any background in this. I literally watched the shows. And, yeah, uh, this was brilliant. Like this was great, absolutely I, great. Like, I I like I I love the beginning of this match where it's like a, you know, there's like instant action, and um, what's a Hokuto is still obviously she's still in the, the dress and the veil and stuff, and then she just jumps off the top like does a kind of cannonball off the top and she goes ah I'm still deadly. You know, it's brilliant. Oh, it's great! Yeah. It's just a great way to start the match. Um, it's it, it it's super good. It's super good. Like from from bell to bell, um, I wasn't bored at all. Um, no, you know the, the last match I enjoyed. I was like, okay, it was good, but didn't have that. It had a like a big fight feel, but wasn't like the main event. When you watch this match, you're like, yeah, this is the main event. You know, it, it, I said it's kind of like um. You know, the same thing that you'd get when you watch Akata or something like that on New Japan. You're yeah. like, yeah, 
you feel it you know it's there you don't need to speak japanese to get what's going on here and it, no. it really does just differentiate itself completely but then again when you watch the, the opening of the show they're the ones doing all the talking so you assume that they're a big deal <laughs> but uh, no i enjoyed this a lot more I, I didn't have my my uncomfortable uh my comfortableness with it as well they spend a lot of time on the outside though as well and they were doing a lot of kind of mad stuff but it was yeah. very very good the the, the, the run the run drop kicks are you know chef kiss brilliant yeah. i mean brilliant. The, the, these two arguably are the two greatest wrestlers who ever lived in my opinion oh man not not not, that. not not female wrestlers the greatest wrestlers ever toyota to me is the greatest wrestler i ever saw no, uh, man, I, I'd believe it. Like I, like I'm so sad that these girls aren't now. Yeah. Because I want to see them wrestle now. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, this is what we should begin. I, I, to be fair though, you know, I, we've said it already. Like the the women's division now in WWE and NXT is fantastic, and AEW and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of are getting this now, but man. Yeah, it's I, brilliant. I yeah. am blessed that I saw Manami Toyota wrestle before she retired um, at Pro Wrestling Eve. And Emily, who was the ring announcer that night, the music started, the crowd just went quiet, and then everyone stood up. And then she came down, and it's, it's, it's the old res girl, and it's really tight, and she comes down the stairs, and Emily just goes, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest professional wrestler who ever lived, the Japanese flying angel Manami Toyota. And it's like, yes, <laughs> there, you cannot argue with this. this I have seen this woman do, I've seen this woman work miracles um, yeah. in a wrestling ring. And she just is that good. And Hokuto is the toughest person I've ever come across. She broke her neck in her match in 1988 in a best of three false tag team match. Listen, in the, in the first fall, no, I am finished. In the Sorry, first fall, in the first fall, she broke her neck and wrestled the next two falls with a broken neck. <laughs> well, listen, right? There, there, there's spots in this match where you're like, I'd believe that, you know, just from watching <laughs> this match alone. <laughs> there's spots in this because, as I said, they spend an awful lot of time outside here, and mm. I think it's the most weapony match as well. Even with the the midget match, they don't really engage in weapons as much, uh, no. other than the 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 focus of the the board kind of thing. This one, those tables don't break, man, and oh, they're no. and they're just using the tables like you wouldn't believe. Um and uh, what's it? Hokuto just ends up like slammed on this table, and her neck just goes onto it, and it doesn't happen once; it happens like three times, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like this is so so nasty. Um, uh, it's brilliant though. It's it's great. Like as I said, like blood wasn't needed. I think if blood had been in this, it would have it would have taken away from it. Yeah, the fact that they're just punishing each other. In athletic ways, I think is a much more effective storytelling. Yeah. Like in general, in general, like a little bit of color maybe, but it didn't need it. You know, it didn't need it. No. Like the, you know, after those table spots, they're both on the ground and they're not getting up. You know, and you yeah. have like you know medics around them or whatever. Like come on, whatever you know, and it's it, it it's much more effective storytelling. Like they're really digging deep and they're they're both trying to prove to who is the best. It's excellent. It's probably one of the best main. It's one of the best main events to a show that I've seen um, from this time period. And I mean, WWE, WCW, ECW, you know, New Japan. This is mm. brilliant. This is the best of 1995. Yeah. The, I mean, 
they're after it. This is this is this is bragging rights. This is who's the best wrestler in the world yeah. right now today. And neither of them the champion. Dynamite Kansai isn't even on this card, and she's the champion. You know, yeah, she it was, was, it wasn't even for a belt. Yeah, <laughs> this wasn't, isn't wasn't, for, wasn't even for a printer. No, <laughs> this was this was just for the yeah. bragging rights of who's top dog, and that's it. You know, and the effort they pour in for each other, the selling that they do. Toyota is the best seller I've ever seen. People go on about Shawn Michaels being a great seller, and he is, but Toyota's better because she can. You can. I'm looking at the minute. Hokuto's got like uh, the Sheik's chin lock stretch on her, and she's bending her in half. Now she's got to buy the hair, and she's doing it, and it's just like. Because Toyota was so flexible at the time, she could be bent in ways that other wrestlers just couldn't. So it it, it just looks amazing. If you haven't like again, like there's there's lots of reasons to watch this man to watch this show. It's on YouTube. It's free. Um, this main event is just totally worth your time. Don't watch Hell in a Cell later. That's gonna be garbage. <laughs> watch this. <laughs> the Hell in a Cell show is gonna be terrible. Like I'm telling you, it's gonna be bad. Um. But this show's great. And, you know, thanks, James, for, like, allowing me to enjoy wrestling today because I'm going to have to try and find some positive later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this this match ends, um, and it is just built a crescendo end. And yeah. it ends with three Northern Light bombs, which is Akira Hokuto's finisher from Manami Toyota. So she beat her with her own finisher, great which great just time. nails the coffin in the who's better argument. I beat you with your own move. And this is how again, you do it. This is yeah. how you do it. Yeah. This is how you tell a story. The, yeah. For a match with virtually, you know, it's a five-year build, but it's not really, it's on the back burner build. Mm. You know, the real story is who's the best in the business, and it's these two. Um, and, yeah, it because, it, it, of course, the added story is, like, Hokuto was the trainer in Toyota's class of the dojo because Hokuto trained Hokuto got out of the 86 class, and they sent her back to the dojo to train the 87 class. She was that good. Oh, wow. So her and Jaggi Yokota trained the 87 class. And at the end, when Toyota wins, at the end, Mima Shimoda, who was seen earlier with the LCO, chides Hokuto for losing because she was in the same class as a Toyota, and she can't believe that the boss of her faction, the LCO, was just lost to one of her classmates. That's not the way it's supposed to go. And Mima Shimoda is more disappointed in Hokuto than anyone has ever been disappointed in anyone ever. (laughs) It's like your Catholic mum found your porn collection disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) And and yeah, it's I love this card. Absolutely top to bottom. It really shows you what AJW is about. A lot of the cards of this era are mixed promotion shows where you've got people from different motions and stuff. All right, Bull Nakano's from WWE, but really she isn't wrestling a three-minute TV match with a Lundra Blaze like she had to at the time. She's wrestling the match she wants to wrestle. Um, so it is a, it's an AJW show through and through. So what's your thoughts on the show overall? Overall, um, it's probably one of the best shows that we've seen so far as far as like a show that you can just hand somebody and go, you're going to have a great time. You know, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the campy goofiness of, even though it has midget comedy wrestling, it doesn't have the campy goofiness of that WWE one we watched, which was super fun. Um, <laughs> but I, I would say like, look, if you're looking for something, it's just that you can give to a 
serious wrestling fan or even like a, a casual wrestling fan and go, look, this is a great show. You're going to have a good time. Um, this is one you can do. Overall, I would say this is a, a must watch for, you know, if, if you're truly sick of of the current product or just kind of burned out, you know, like on the rewind, everything is, you know, it's a show by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, there's always good wrestling out there to see. And this is case of point. You look, you might have to go back 26 years, but it's still there. <laughs> or 24 <laughs> years. It's still there, you know, and it, this is great. Like, this is this is why I love wrestling, because it's like so completely different to what I normally watch. So completely different to what I was aware of out there. And I think you do a great service to people, James, to uh, to educate people in the you know, what is out there. And it's, it, you know, for me, I'll give it a solid A+. Plus. So, like, the two matches that we talked about alone, the last two matches would make it a much watch card, but it's filled with great matches. And even the opening match, it's just like the junior girls that don't really know what they're doing. Having a, you know, if that was on NXT, as we said, you know, I was on a takeover, the people would be yeah. saying it's match of the year. And it's like, mm. that's how good the matches are. So, yeah. you know, I give a solid A plus um, room for improvement only in production and editing and stuff like that. That really doesn't matter, but does matter. And if, you know, if these were being re-released, a uh, pass in editing and English commentary, commentating, that's what they could do. You know, as I said, that product's good enough that you could repackage it, buy it and edit it and pump it out and people would love it. So, you know, maybe, maybe someone being industrious might go out and do that, but let's <laughs> I, I actually think um, of the current Joshi projects, the closest to this, um, Stardom is obviously quite close because it was founded by a former AJW girl in Nanai Takahashi and so is Seed Lining. But I think TJPW um, out of the Cyberfight State was the closest I've seen to AJW. And the big advantage for them, and you mentioned this earlier, is the fact they don't debut anyone until they've got a character for them. So they all come prepackaged so you can get behind them straight away. And I think um, that's important. Like, yeah. as you saw, the actual... The, the weakness of the show is in the the packaging and yeah. it sounds like they fixed it and it's not their fault like as you said like the the last the thing that differentiates the last two matches from everything else is you know the, the well, well even disc two to be honest with you um the packaging of it the the pomp and ceremony that they have the the, the outfits that they have you know like even in the in the main event like the fact that they work in their their entrance costumes into the match is super fun. Like I've never seen that before. You know, I've, yeah. <laughs> it just adds to the fact that, you know, it, it gives layering beyond just great wrestling because wrestling is multifold. It's way it's, it's more than a sport. It's more than entertainment. It's, it's one of those things where like it's multi-layered. You have the storytelling, you have the presentation, you have the, the costume, you have the music, you have the commentary. You, you, you can, you can survive with a few of these things, but when they all lock in together, it really does make it great. Now, as I said, this show is phenomenal. I'm sure the commentary yeah. is very good. I'm sure they're having, they're, they're killing it, but it doesn't have that wide appeal. You slot in a good English commentator and, you know, a bit more, Polish presentation, he was the best wrestling product in the world. Yeah, that's even I mean, today. Just, even today, yeah. I mean, I'm just watching the match in the background. Akira Hokuto pulls out a Dragon Rana in 1995. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, yep. it's just insane. Um, but I'm, and I think that's the thing with TJPW. I mean, we were looking at it last week with the Cyber Fight show because Noah, DDT, and TJPW were all part of the Cyber Fight group. They did a combined show um, in Fukuoka. And the close of the show at the Cyberbike Festival was Kieji, the great Muta, 
Yun Akiyama, the champions of Noah and DDT, in the ring with Miyu, the champion of TJPW, all given equal billing. In fact, the gentleman that they were, they held the ropes open for her and gave her kind of gave her star billing. They gave her the go home message because they're both in their fifties and she's twenty four. <laughs> but since, <laughs> you know, no, I, I I think a cool thing to take from this is, you know, it's. It's not even like the gender divide, because like, as I said, I didn't even know I was watching an all-women show until halfway through it. <laughs> um, um, it. It's more kind of a case of like the presentation and uh, gravitas that, that mm. they're given. You know, like you could throw all these women into WWE in 1998 and that would be horrendous. You would get what you see from there. They wouldn't be given <laughs> any kind of build, you know. Yeah. Um, so it didn't even matter in that way but because it was booked like a wrestling show that they were given time and you know to go out and do what they can do it really shows you the difference in it you know and i think like we've gotten better like wdb obviously having their their female only pay-per-view was a start but then again it was when they went to saudi arabia where women weren't even allowed on the card it's like eh, you know that's a bit disingenuous um but with this as well it just shows you that like the Japanese knew what they were doing. You know, they they knew how yeah. to to present this product. And again, like my my sincere hope after this show is that people like go out and check it out. You know, even if you you know you just like to listen to it. You know, I encourage you to go watch the show. Yeah, yeah, because it's whiz worth your time. And it, it, if you look at not just WWE, I mean Impact Wrestling. I watch Impact Wrestling for Diana Perazzo in the women's division. Yeah, you know. yeah, we do. We love Impact Wrestling for that. Well, I love Impact Wrestling in general, but for the women's division, it's always been great. Always yeah. been great. Always yeah, been great. And, it, and it, but especially currently at the minute, they have adepts in the roster, and you know they've they've got tag team championships. It's much more interesting to watch now because they take it seriously and present it well with longer matches where people can tell a story, which is exactly what any wrestling division needs. Even the AEW women's division, which has got a lot of stick and rightfully so seems to have righted itself in the last three months as they've actually paid attention to it. So this is why WWE got rid of it in the first place, because there was nothing happening to it. Then they brought it back in, in a horrendous fashion, and it took about 10, 12 years to figure itself out. Even longer. About 21, yeah. 18 years to figure itself out. Impact from day one, it's always it was always the knockouts. It was always the tag team championships. It was always yeah. the impact. It was always the impact. Uh, the sorry, the X division belts that people wanted to see, and they, they've realised that AEW, you know AEW, say AEW. Um, so. Well, I mean, I mean, I think I was discussing this with I'm trying to remember it was somebody actually online. Um, she writes a fair few things and. Uh, is a friend of a friend on Twitter, and I was she was pointing out that like there's nothing wrong with Joshi, but AEW kind of pushed Joshi without just pouring it out there. Yeah, and I, I said you either needed to bring the audience to the Joshi wrestlers or take the Joshi wrestlers to the audience. And to be fair, they have um, one of the best Joshi bookers ever. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember a name now because the name obviously has fallen out of my head. The moment I want to speak to about Emi Sakura, there we go, Emi Sakura has literally founded three Joshi companies that are considered industry leaders in Japan that change the way the business works. Right. So you should have given the women's division to her and she'd have figured it out. Give her two months and she'd, she'd have the main event in the Madison Square Garden. No bother. 
But it's just, you know, it's they they presented Joshi and AWE as this great thing. And that's cool. As a Joshi fan, I really adored that. But they didn't really present it. They couldn't do it like this, where you got a 25-minute main event and, you know, tables, lads and chairs and blood and that, because that's not what an American audience would expect and couldn't figure it out. And you couldn't go in-depth on the storylines long enough because it's television-based wrestling. Yeah. You need you need a bit of a more of a long format to do that. But it's a general it's a general issue AWR generally as well. It's like um trying to adapt Japanese booking styles with North American independent roster to a televised product. You've got three things that don't necessarily gel together. And it's gonna take a while for you to try and figure that out. <laughs> you know, trying to be something that you're not, or trying to you know, this is the thing. Impact knew what they were and forgot about it and went back to it and now they're back to being impact. AW don't know what they are because they're trying to be all these things. So eventually they, they will figure it out, but yeah. You know. I, I I mean I think I in my sense in from my point of view, it's the old Shikara roster, because that's mainly what it is. Yeah. Um, wrestling WCW style matches with yep. New, with New Japan storylines, which is literally, basically yep, literally it. what my favorite wrestling promotion in the world would be. <laughs> but I don't watch it religiously every week because it's still a bit bitsy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. I have to say though, the stiffest thing I've seen in a very long time. I mentioned it on the rewind. I think um, it was after it was on um, AEW Dark. And some fella put some lad up on the on the turnbuckle, then dropped him down and kicked his head off. He just oh, went yeah. stiff and that was it. And I was just like, Well, <laughs> that's the most violent <laughs> thing I've seen in a long time. Until I watched this pay-per-view. Um some so there was um Yumiki Hart's finisher got some stick this week because someone complained. Well, that's a bit dangerous, dropping Akira Hokuto on her neck, and I pointed out. Yeah, she got dropped on the neck quite a few times. I don't think she was that bothered. Um, <laughs> but what annoyed me was someone said, well, it's the Indies. They get away with murder. And I said, that was a Fukuoka, um, uh, Yokohama Arena. There were 14,000 people in that building. If you were going to take a dangerous bump, then was the time to take it. <laughs> yeah, listen, take a dangerous bump when there's people there. Don't take a bump for five people and a ham sandwich. No, exactly. This is... <laughs> Because it's, it makes but no people, sense. But people like assume that Japanese Japan is the Indies. These these no. cards were getting big money, you know. Yeah. And that's that's like, it. Look, dude, that's just you know that's just Western ignorance. That's it, unfortunately. But there we go. Uh, However, sad, sad thing about sad thing about American fans, Western fans in general, the world begins and ends with America. It does not. It's no, bigger. It's, not. <laughs> it's, it's much bigger. much much bigger than that. Yeah. But yes. Uh, thank you very much then for listening to the Troopney show this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. And thank you very much to Dara for joining us. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? James, always a pleasure. I always enjoy our conversations. I always enjoy being on this show because you never fail to deliver the goods. Um, <laughs> I know Dave one I know Dave wants to come on the show. He's very excited um to, to to find a debt match, so I'm sure you guys are gonna do that in the near future. If you want to find us, you can do so over on nerdstonemedia.com. You can also find us on the pro uh, the wrestling rewind.com, the pro wrestling rewind.com which takes you straight to YouTube, our YouTube channel. Um, and if you like what we do, obviously you're subscribed to us if you're listening to us on the True Pen channel. But if you want to join us live, we tape every Friday, uh, 11 p.m. over 11 p.m., which is uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, on our YouTube channel. We know where you listen. 
please come over, hang out with us. We have a phone line, we have a chat feature, all that kind of good stuff. And we would very much appreciate it. The best way to find us is, of course, either of those. Uh, if you want to contact us directly, go over to the live show or you can go to nerdtonomedia at gmail.com or, you know, Facebook messages, carrier pigeon, whatever. We will, <laughs> <laughs> whatever way you want to contact us, we will uh, do it as well. We also take requests um, for other shows. There has been some consistency issues because of text or whatever. We have um, started to address those now this week. Hopefully all our tech issues should be resolved because I spent enough money fixing it. And we, have new, <laughs> we have a new team uh, joining us as well. So myself and Dave are going to be joined by a few other people. Last week's show, we had a new co-host on as well. Uh, and um, yeah, so go check it out next week. We're going to be talking about Hell in a Cell, I think. And then we're going to be going back in the time machine to our next run. I think we're going back to WCW in 2000. Yes, that's what we're going to do. 2000 is our next big thing in WCW since 1998. I can't remember exactly, but it's going to be one of those. It's going to be a big WCW soon anyway, so that's how you can find us. Fair enough. My name's James Troopany. You can find me at Star on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter and on Facebook, The Troopany Show, and on Patreon, uh, where you can take The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. And thank you for our patrons who do provide us uh, with our funds that pay for our uh, SoundCloud, which fires everything out into the internet for us it's awesome oh and you, you, you can tweet me as well at Dara WV yes do that he's a very entertaining young man I try to be <laughs> I try to give the people what they want uh, we will be back next week with a show we haven't decided what yet because New Japan's kind of well New Japaning at the moment and we're not sure when the next big show for that is going to be I'm not sure we could do a house show from like Chiba or anything I think we probably should wait, wait until something big comes up um, and young Dave has asked, if, as we were discussing, that he would like to come on the show. So maybe young Dave. Uh, John Dinsdale is on holiday at the moment and will be back with us shortly. And the rest of the crew are doing things that the rest of the crew do. Uh, but we will be back next week with the show. So take care. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.